Uh, Regina, how's your energy level? You uh, tired today? I'm a little tired. You look exhausted right now. I'm a little exhausted. And welcome into We Gonna Figure It Out. I am Andrew Morgan, and it's my beautiful co-host, Regina. How you doing today? I'm all right. We spoke this weekend, and we've had a very eventful weekend. And so I feel like it's always good that like when something's still fresh on your mind, you just got to get it out there and you got to talk about it. And we've learned a lot and experienced a lot over this weekend. You know, the, and we were also behind like two weeks on shows. Yeah. And a big part of that is just in all transparency. Sometimes I think I allow us to get behind on shows just off of emotion, like just instead of just being obedient to what God has told us to do and being consistent, I've just been like, well, if the mood isn't right, if that isn't right. Yeah. And that's something we've got to stop doing. And today is one of those days where I bring all that because it is not like the best day, even though we have uh, just got done with this huge, great uh, you know, like thing in our life. Yeah. We're taking in a lot that God has really just given us right now. Uh, outside of taking in a lot, uh, we've had just like some personal tragedies, you know, kind of just kind of, you know, spring up in different areas of yeah. life. So we, you know, that's kind of explains the mood and the setting of where we are right now. But it's, it's important for us to really just talk about things. So First, let's start off with the Love Thy Neighbor conference before we get into anything else. So this weekend, uh, we got into the we got a chance to speak at the Love Thy Neighbor conference, and the really good thing was that we were able to do both. You know, we were able to present what the Naturally Beautiful project was to a, to a group of people, right? And we got to do that, and then we were able to like I, I got a chance to lead a prayer. You got a chance to lead a prayer, mm -hmm. and then together today we got a chance to lead a like a small group, uh, a little workshop, a little workshop, and we talked about toxic charity and so uh, toxic charity to community care. Yeah. And so the reception that we felt like we got the entire time we were there was very warm. That people really loved seeing us there, and people were really happy that we were there. Mm -hmm. So. I was really excited to just be in a room full of like-minded people and people who were looking to accept us and we yeah. didn't feel rejected. And just to meet new people and to um, experience what people are doing in their communities and how they're trying to help and bridge the gap and do all these different things, it was really good to make connections and you know make new friends and um, just be around a different atmosphere where yeah. you know we usually we're kind of by ourselves right now um and so it kind of felt good to you know venture yeah. out and meet new people and kind of break the monotony of our everyday um routines and it was people of color there there was people of all different walks and the yeah. you know like the music was choir and i remember going into it kind of hating like i don't like choir music because <laughs> i typically don't you know you know they from, were good but they were excellent yeah. Stillwater. Yes. Michelle Lang and Stillwater. Yes, it was so they were good. excellent. So for us, we enjoyed it from beginning to end. So thank you, uh, James Helms, for inviting us, yeah. uh, for getting us the invitation. Uh, I just don't even Elizabeth know how Sparks, we... You know, she you know? she called us up and asked us to do it. Um, Leroy Barber being a host uh, did well. And we I think it's William. I can't think of the other gentleman's name who's with the parish uh, collective. collective. So, like, everyone who was involved, the United Methodist group, the, the parish group, 
everyone involved, we just thank you for allowing us to participate. Yes, thank you um, so much. We met so many great friends and different people who just uh, inspired us. Jonathan Brooks out of Chicago. Oh, my gosh. Just, pastor Jay. I thought I was a pastor until I met this man and was like, I'm a baby. Like, I'm I'm a little infant pastor. Yes. Like, that's a grown man pastor. He, right was, there. Um, like, he was amazing. Yes. Yes, he is what I, you know, like when you look at like the way he made the word simple, yes. like it was just plain. It was and I know plain. I, even the message was was geared toward being an ordinary message, mm -hmm. but it just really broke the word down in such a plain way that we were blessed by it. And I think we went amazing. to his small, his break, his breakout his workshop. Uh, workshop. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that we, we picked up on for me, I think the big thing for me was just the humility of just remembering that God is God. Because you came to a certain place, and it reminded me that God's in control. So, so tell yeah. him like what, what what happened with you. I think what happened with me because he was talking about like neglected neighborhoods and how if you're kind of in a in a neglected neighborhood, you and if you're having to live there, then you built this fortress in your space to make your space safe. Mm -hmm. You put out the ADT signs and you, you know, get the alarms and you only come through the back door and you don't want people mm -hmm. to know when you've left home and when you're um, away from home and everything like that. And he, he lives in the south side of Chicago where there's still a lot of violence and everything. Mm -hmm. So where it resonated for me is that being here in the Pacific Northwest where there's not a lot of people that look like us, when I get home, I go into my fortress. It's my place of comfort. It's like, okay, um, I'm just comfortable here. And I feel like that once I'm here, I, I shut everything else out. Yeah. And so for me, with him telling his story and how the neighborhood was already looking out for him and knew all his business and he was trying to keep people out, it just reminded me that I cannot stay in this place if I want to be effective and I want to be a part of the community. I can't just treat this place as my fortress. Our home is opened up. Our business is run out of our home. Mm -hmm. And so I can't just treat this place like, no, this is our sacred place. We're all comfy, cushy, and cozy in here, but it's time to venture out. Yeah. And so that's kind of where my breakdown was and yeah. how God just opened up my mind and opened up my world to a different um, perspective. And so venturing out for, for like for me, when I thought about that, it's like God really just showed me that venturing out doesn't necessarily mean that we like uproot and move out of this neighborhood. That potential is there. Mm -hmm. And we understand that. I think that there has to be a season where maybe we fight to get, if it is meant for us to be in Portland, maybe we fight to get into the right neighborhoods there or wherever it is that he, he tells us to go, it's going to be an uphill battle. It's mm -hmm. going to be a fight because at this point, being two new entrepreneurs, getting someone to give us a place in this environment would be an uphill battle. So it would have to be a sneak attack if we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but really, it was more or less also even the platforms that we have now. And it's part of why, uh, like what I said when we first started, why we're going live now. And even when the energy level isn't there or the mood isn't right, it's because this is the vulnerability of who that God has given us. He's yeah. like, listen, there's an avenue in which you get a chance to share the gospel and share how I've made you by just cutting this camera on and putting this. You can't see it, but it's a mic here uh, for the audio podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, we gonna figure it out. And it's like opening up the mic, sharing who you are, being who you are in the rawest of moments, 
this is what I designed you for. Yeah. And so for us, we recognize that putting that fortress down also means being real and showing people more than just the, the pretty. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what made us wait so long to even do our fundraiser to recognize the fact that we are our own mission. Yeah. Like it took us a while to recognize that because we figured that God was going to allow us to come here and do things our way. And he was going to be it was going to be wraparound services as though God is how like a housing first model, you know, like. <laughs> You know, we were like, okay, Lord, you're going to place us and then we're going to take care of the rest. And if we need you, we'll call on you. And he said, no, you know, you're going to need me every step of the way. You're going to need to depend on me every single step. And I think what's crazy is there's been times where we prayed. And after recognizing, like when God broke through and gave us something, we've had our moments of worship where we've said these little things that God didn't forget where we were like, you know, Lord, I just want to be totally and utterly dependent on you, God. Like, Lord, just, you know, give me it's just like enough. Really... Give me today my daily bread. And now we're in this daily bread atmosphere where it's like, in all, you know, and this is, in all realness, it's like rents do, rent doesn't get paid unless people decide to help us. Because yeah. we're helping ourselves. We're out there hustling and working and I'm learning how to do something that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at this like internship level, but it's not even the official internship level. Yeah. Like I'm leeching on to people like, hey, let me tag along with you. Let me learn what you're doing so that I can get the skills in order to really make them, you know, uh, to develop this media company. Yeah. And you're doing your thing and it's bringing in enough for us to get things here and there. But at this point, we are really dependent because we're on mission for people to refocus their vision on mission. Yeah. But in order for us to ask people to refocus their vision on mission, one of the things that God spoke to me about uh, in our workshop that we led, because he changed up as usual, <laughs> you know, he changed up our whole, you know, like the outline that we kind of had. And the thing that God mm -hmm. just reminded me of is, is he was like, listen, the way this charity thing works, you got to go back to the heart of what it means. And if you really want to show love to people, you got to allow people to show love to you. You have to know how to receive love in order to give love because that's what you're going to give out of. Yeah. And it's like, how dare we set up this whole thing with the Naturally Beautiful Project and ask people to give to the project but never give into us? Like when we need stuff. Yeah. It, it's not like we're sitting here and we're greedy and we're like, we got everything we need. Right. And we just want you to give us more. <laughs> what it is is we're sitting in a situation where it's like we need companionship. We need fellowship. And those things, unfortunately, they do. We, we, we do search and find the little things that we know that we could go out and do that doesn't cost anything. But for the most part, getting to know the culture here comes at the cost of lights, water, gas, rent, all those other things. Now, the social things, it's on us. We got to find those things. But it's only so many times you go out to coffee with somebody before eventually you need to pay. You know, <laughs> and I think for us, it created this weird thing that God said, listen. As long as you're pouring right back out, don't have any shame. There's no condemnation in what you're doing. There's no, you know, let that pride go. Because there was a time, like, you know, we I hang out with James a lot. Mm -hmm. And every time I go out, James pulls out his card. And at some point, I just was like, well, I, I remember one time I snuck and paid for our stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it was pride. Mm -hmm. It was like, I got to pay for something eventually. And I realized there was a give and take there. And I interrupted the give and take. And it's like, well, in order for us to have a clean heart, we've got to continue to allow the community to speak into us, pray for us, 
know that we have both a financial and emotional needs. Yeah. We are vulnerable. We're out here naked. Like, you know, like, and we need to let you guys know it's no more. Fi- our fig lips, fig leaves are gone. Like, that season <laughs> is gone for us. Like, we sitting here booty butt naked. Just matter of fact, here, I'll give you notes. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but no, but we're, we're just sitting out here just like, hey, listen, this is who we are. This is where we are. We need your help. And we won't leave until we know you've done what God called us to do because, you know, told you to do because we're here. And God didn't call us here to be sitting on the street corner, you know, begging people for money. He asked us to set this fundraiser up and to do things. And um, there's no regrets. There's no regrets. Like whether we we could have did it two months ago, three months ago. That's not where we are. And I think that was the big takeaways that God gave us more confidence being around other people about where we are. Mm-hmm. People who want an ordinary revival. And we recognize that that ordinary revival kind of starts in us. Yeah. We really truly recognize this uh, during this event that like, man, God is, we're set apart. Because when we're looking in this room, we've got all these people standing up and they're like, Hey, we're doing this, this, and this. And each person in that room would love to partner with us and we could do things with them. But the thing is, we were invited. Like, God called. He orchestrated that. Like, it didn't even make sense to me that we were on the program to speak and to share and to be a part of workshops and stuff. I'm like, really, God? I feel so unqualified. Yeah. And I think this is the the key thing. It's like the next call we get, there's a heart. There's a, a humble heart and a humble nature to the statement that we're unqualified because we're all unqualified. Yeah. I like that, but it's like from this point on, though, I don't question or under, like, I don't need to understand why. If God said, all right, well, Andrew, you headline. qualifies the call. Yeah, yeah. If he says, well, you headlining with Tony Evans next week. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, now, you know what I'm saying? Like, would it be the scariest thing in the world? Yes. But if he said, I'm with TD Jakes, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> I'm going to be up there. Like, I don't care, you know, because it's sort of like I understand that this is what God wants from us. Yeah. And so if we have a message to teach and preach the gospel, the beautiful thing is we prepared our workshop for the potential of there being 100 people listening or whether there be 50 or 10. Mm -hmm. I think and in our workshop, we had a small setting of just three people who came to ours Mm -hmm. because our we, we had like the. You know, we had the the after the, the after lunch. the lunch break, <laughs> and so you know how that goes. So we were blessed to have this spot, but it was perfect. Mm-hmm. God couldn't have orchestrated it better because there was an individual sitting there soaking it in because he needed it. He needed to be there at the time. There was another individual there who needed it and was interested and wanted to hear more. And then uh, Mr. Brooks, you know, Pastor Brooks stepped in, and then he sat there and affirmed us. And so when you know yeah. someone who's like out there writing books and, you know, out there in Chicago, you know, just and it take trust in the Lord to just do your thing in Chicago. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so it's sort of like someone that we can look to and say, OK, well, we admire his work and he's affirming what we're saying and what we're doing. And he's admiring our work and he's inspired by us. Yeah. It just let me know that, OK, we were in the right place. Yeah. We didn't need uh 97 unqualified people who wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. We needed the three people who was supposed to be there in mm-hmm. front of us at the time. So that was the positive thing from the conference. One of the things that kind of put a damper 
a little bit on the conference was uh, a lot of bit, uh, a big a bit, yeah. <laughs> Just was, to be honest, yeah, it, and it's it's something that we're struggling with dealing with a little bit. One of the family members, uh, one of the our family members from our church family, church family. Let's yeah. be clear, like I don't, you know, um, a young man from our church was. 45 years old and he was killed by the portland state university uh police, police. and you know the, there's video of it on youtube and i'd watched the video and he was doing his jesus thing like he was doing whether why how all the in-betweens that people could argue with me on this statement but he was breaking up a fight and it was clear that that's what he was doing in the video yeah and as he's breaking up this fight you know, his gun fell out of his holster, and when he reached for it at the wrong time, the officer, uh, the officer's reaction was was to shoot. And unfortunately, our brother's no longer with us. It's difficult to process this on so many levels because, as a person who loves God and loves people it's hard to be to stay angry but I would be lying if I told you that anger didn't initially pop up because this is a sad narrative that keeps repeating itself in different ways and you can watch each individual video and you can find justification per video and in some cases it is what it is i had be being a former police chaplain and being a person who still tells you and boldly says it that i still do have a love for officers is because they do follow a biblical model that they're willing to lay down their life for a friend and for that i'll never be ashamed of having a level of admiration for them but that does not stop me from having a certain level of disdain and, and disgust for what continues to repeat itself through our nation um and this one hits closer to home than some of the ones that i've had to literally respond to and be around personally uh in my time being closer to the police department and so i don't feel like it's fair to entertain the discussion on whether it was justified or not i can always say this unequivocally regardless if it's police related war related or anything no life is ever being a no life being taken is ever justified ever um i just don't that's just not a part of my belief system and i know a lot of people would say i'm naive and i'm fine i'll wear a shirt that says that you know i am like i don't believe that that was god's design and i would never choose to uh think that that was our original design when he had us walking in the garden we were in communication with him and he satisfied our every needs just where i'm at in my life right now and i'm not in a position or a place where where that's a, a thought and i'm at peace in my life god wants us to have a perfect peace that's peace that surpasses the understanding of what's around me i don't feel threatened or worried and that's where he wants us to be and i think that that's where he was because he broke up that fight because he wanted peace now that's from my end you know from me not having much information about it, it's just speaking out of my emotion but it always speaks to one thing that I always say when I see these things. Uh, but had, you know, held conversation with this man and really knew who he was before he died. I can safely say that the way that he passed away guarantees to me that there's a 
his legacy of love won't be forgotten. And it's not a lie. It's not a farce. Like, I'm not just saying it to stretch it. His legacy of love stretches. He showed me love, you know, on a couple of different occasions. After every time, both times we spoke at the church. Yeah. He, he never took his eyes off of me. You know, like, he always just locked in and engaged when I was right. preaching and, right. and talking or whatever. And so... And, you know, just want to say, you know, rest in peace to Jason. And we're praying for his wife and his three daughters and his granddaughter who <laughs> just loved her grandpa. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking, you know. Yeah. It's just heartbreaking. It's really difficult in our household, too, because we have a 16-year-old who, uh, who is politically active. And understands and knows and he gets tired of this. Yeah. He grows weary because he, he he's about to start his driving life. And he's always, and that's in the back of his mind. It's like, well, will it happen at a traffic stop? Could it happen if I was just hanging out with my friends? It's in the back of his mind that even being great. And this last young man that died who was Antoine a scholar. Mm -hmm, yeah. it, it affected our son in a way so unique that I remember he came downstairs and he had a little bit of an attitude. And I started to say, you know. The typical thing that you do as a parent, if your child is acting out of pocket, you try to get him back. And God was just like, that's my son. Let him mourn the way that he he is. And it was like, because he was being short, but not disrespectful. And yeah. God just got at me because it was like, mm -mm, leave him. And I had to leave it and just kind of let him process it because I recognized as a parent, what he's seeing on the news media and what it, that, this is real. And, he, and he's seeing himself because he's yeah. like, well, I, I do the right thing. I'm a, you know, um, pretty smart kid who you know is doing well in school and doing mm -hmm. all of these things and that could have very well been me I, I you know he put himself in that young man's shoes and it just affected him in this way because he's about to turn 17 I think the young man was 17 yeah and I think it goes back to the quote and I'm quoting my son on this it goes back to the quote that was in the Columbia newspaper that he said at those were at the rallies he spoke at is when he said, literally, like when his actual words were, uh, you know, teenagers have enough to worry about. They don't need to worry about being gunned down when they come to school. And he said, mowed down. Mowed down. Like, and wow. it's like, that's the reality that he lives with that I didn't have to live with. I wasn't worried about being, I was worried about, I knew if I went to the, the dance, they was going to shoot at the dance. But that's, you know, because I, that, but that's, you know, but I knew mm -hmm. going to school every day, that was an issue. He has to worry about, will someone shoot today? Well, so he has so many more reasons to just have to trust Jesus than I did. Like I had a luxury to just kind of be more invent, feel like I was more invincible than he does. He has a motivation to really just know the reality of life isn't always just it. Life isn't always rosy. And so we do have to be diligent to pray for our youth and pray for our communities because this can, you know, we never thought that this would happen at our church. You know, like, and this is our church family. This is our church community. This is our, the people that we choose to love and worship with. And um, it's hard processing those things. And we're processing some things that we'll talk about uh, on a personal level on another show. Uh, it would be too much emotion to try to pack into this one show, you know. I think so. And so, um, you know, just even total separate issues that life just comes at you from many different angles. And it's the little bitty things that just make you break 
Uh, if you're not mindful to just keep bringing things up in prayer because we'll just stack one problem over another one problem and it'd be something silly like we're sitting here talking down and it's like uh, if we don't process it the right way then what ultimately can happen is something silly like well Paul George is going to LA oh lord and it's like why are you crying about that <laughs> I'm just all messed up my emotions are yeah. all over and the and you place. start processing all this stuff like Kelly was in an accident like you just start going down the line yeah my co- yeah, but that but you see what I'm saying like that's sad that makes me sad because he's a fun loving hard working man and he gets in a car like he gets in a motorcycle, motorcycle accident, accident and my heart goes out to him yeah. And like those little big things, you just take it in stride and you just, you take one pain at a time and you just, you forget, you start digging into the darkness and you forget that it's like, you know what? There is a brighter day. Every seed goes into a dark place when it goes into the soil, but it ceases being that seed and it begins to produce what needs to be produced. But in that soil, in that dark, cold, damp place, wherever it, it is, that uncomfortable place, then. God is shielding them. God is feeding them. The sun is still shining on it, even if it can't see the sun. And when it breaks through, yeah. it'll have all the nourishment and everything that it needs. And so, it'll be God, something beautiful. Yeah, it'll become something beautiful that will produce food for the for, for generations to come. So, for us, we're very inspired to just kind of continue to just be in, inspired by the different people in this community. Um, and we just were eternally just grateful for what God has done by picking us up and moving us over. So real quick, um, we will do a show maybe in the middle of the week or sometime next week. We got about four and a half minutes left. I want to ask you, uh, I want you to give me your reaction to something. It, it looks like it's a good chance DeAndre Jordan could actually potentially go to the Golden State Warriors. What do you think? That's disgusting. <clears throat> what do you think about the idea of Paul George being able to team up in L.A. with LeBron? I think what they're doing with the NBA and allowing this stuff is it's quite ridiculous. It's just not even fun anymore. Yeah. But to what, be honest with you. But was I, it fair when our team got – was it fair and disgusting? Or was it disgusting? Like, what was it last year when we looked down the, the barrel of Paul George and, and you know, Carmelo with – I mean, how did you feel about it? Now, this is pre. Was it unfair then? Let me tell you something. I never thought that it was a good move for Carmelo to Well, come. just point is that we had like three megastars. But he, well, he's old. What about when we just had two? I think two is good. I so, think five is ridiculous. I think five is, it's ridiculous to have five all-stars <laughs> or more. How many they got? Clay, Steph, Katie, Draymond. And then DeAndre? Mm-hmm. That would be who we would have. They would That's have a starting five that all actually could have been the starting five That's of the All-Star ridiculous. team in 2015. That makes it not even fun. Yeah. Like, I, so there's like a lot of different... Uh, and I think the NBA should do something about that. I mean, there, there should be where there should be a block Yeah. from that happening. I mean, come on. So the Sixers could potentially be putting together a deal for Kawhi Leonard. That would then put Kawhi with two young stars. If it's two young superstars, is it then permissible for a team to have three stars? So I mean, they still have to figure things out. Because they're young, it's okay for if Kawhi or LeBron went there. What about the idea of this? Let me throw this one out there. What <laughs> if what if LeBron and let's just say LeBron 
gets together with Chris Paul and they say, "Man, we're going to Philly together." I heard about that. What so, What would you What would you think about that? I think that's disgusting as well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <clears throat> you said to Philly. Yeah, to Philly. See, they have right. Ben Simmons and they right. have Joel Joel and B. Right. And I think if you had, I think if you make the playoffs, yeah, that there has to be some kind of cutoff. You need to. Be, it needs to be a balance somewhere. Like you should, if you made the playoffs, you can only add one other superstar from another playoff team to your roster, or just another superstar to your roster. And the problem with that is, it's just like the NBA is so unpredictable. Like we never know who could be what. There's a good chance that if we do not sign Jeremy Grant back, that we could potentially get Jabari Parker. Uh, there's a few different people that could come our way, but it's a good chance that we could lose Grant especially considering if we have a shot at any other big-name free agent, we wouldn't be able to afford Grant. Grant would be the odd man out because we're already going to be over the salary cap. Mm -hmm. So if the Thunder sucked for the next four or five years, would you be okay with that? If it was just Westbrook for the next five years, we're ninth, eighth seed, and the challenge of watching them is exciting to see, will we get the eighth seed? <laughs> like, that's the excitement. I'm a Thunder fan, so you know you know how it is. Yeah, you don't Thunder up. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my answer, you know. Yeah. My team is my team. Win, lose, or tie. Or tie. Or whatever they say. <laughs> draw. Is that what they yeah, say? it is win, lose, or draw. But, okay, so my favorite joke, my favorite meme that I saw, it says that the uh, the Lakers are willing to include Ingram in the deal, but <laughs> the joke is they're talking about Andre Ingram instead of Brandon Ingram. <laughs> And it's like, that would be hilarious if they was like, oh, I thought you you knew we were sending you Andre Ingram. <laughs> Andre Ingram going to mess around and fool people, though. You never know. It's never too late. Mm -hmm. That's old for NBA, though. It is old, but he still got some things to do. Pacers could potentially be getting Aaron Gordon. That's a potential mm -hmm. thing out there. Uh, where do you think Isaiah Thomas lands? Do you think he's out the league, or do you think he, he lands somewhere? I think he'll land somewhere. You sure? I think he'll land somewhere. I he, think, I think he's too, I think he's too young to be just out the league. All right. Well, that's we gonna figure it out. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, all the places you can catch a podcast. Thanks to Anchor setting us up on all the different platforms, and you can make sure you check us out on Facebook, uh, YouTube. Anywhere you just type in, we gonna figure it out. We gonna be there and we gonna be figuring it out with you. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you have the heart to give, donate to our fundraiser. Please, please. do. Uh, GoFundMe slash GoFundMe.com. The Morgans need help. It's help them. Can you look that up? Double check that. I don't think it's that long. <laughs> I think uh, it is. We also. Uh, I think it is. The Morgans need your help. Or then the Morgans like need your help. Yeah. <laughs> Now go for it. Yeah, look it up. The uh, you got me out here confused. There's you also set it up. I did, and I was about to say it with full confidence until you you said that. Now I'm kind of confused. I'm the not going. The Morgans edit. need your help. The Morgans need your help. The way you said it seemed it seemed weird. What I say? The Morgans need help. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need your help, and your we need help. help. Yes. So GoFundMe. That's one way you can do it. The Facebook fundraiser uh, uh, is also there. So there's links on our Facebook pages. I don't know if it's one on yours, but we'll get one on there. So there's links to our Facebook pages that allow you to get to the Facebook fundraiser. It's all the same fundraiser. So we're not, you know, doubling up there. We're just um, making it a, a, convenient, a convenient way for everyone. To 
also people have paid us through uh <clears throat> through i uh through the uh, paypal which uh is the for me is pastor pastor drew uh is the paypal um they have the little paypal links that you can give people mm. so that they can just do quick gifts we got cash app uh the, what's your cash app Meji143. Yeah. M E G E E one four three. So any way that you would want to give, just inbox us and let us know and we'll give you the full list and the layout of the different ways to give. We're new to this giving thing, so we're learning all the things and tricks we have to do. So if you got any advice that you want to give us on it, we're not too proud to just take in that advice also. Yeah. So we've got to formulate emails and send out letters and other different things. And we're trying to do better about doing updates. So we love you guys. Thank you for giving. Thank you for listening. And thank you for allowing us to go through our emotions and show you the real. 